Welcome to the podcast. It's Good Friday. Uh, today we have Bill O'Reilly on the program. Michael Malice is on as well. David Barton stops in too to talk about uh, the differences in the church from today and uh, days gone by. Make sure to subscribe to Blaze TV. We have a great show on Stu Does America today, as well as uh, Glenn uh, has the podcast coming out today. It was just a great story you're not going to want to miss about a uh, coach who uh, was fired for praying uh, after games and is now going all the way to the Supreme Court. We'll get into the details of that. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. And don't forget to subscribe. Do it right now. Take a second. Click subscribe to this podcast. Shoot on over to Studios America. New episodes five days a week as well. Subscribe, rate, and review there uh, as well. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, how are you, sir? Welcome to Good Friday. Yes, and like the Nazarene, I am misunderstood. That's the only thing we have in common. That's right. It. Well, you are the guy who wrote the book on assassination, I think. You, you wrote Killing Jesus, a personal yep. testimony of how you did it by Bill O'Reilly, um, or something like that. Um, Bill, welcome to the program. What's the big story of the week? Um, Putin uh, did everything, inflation, uh, oh, the geez. border, it's Putin, he did it all, and Jesus itself. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough, on the Nosebin News last night, <clears throat> Beck, for the first time in 25 years, I laid out why I believe that Jesus is God. I have never done that in any forum, anywhere, anytime. I am a secular news reporter and analyst. But I did it um, because of one statistic that rolled in, that we are now at an all-time high in America of people who have rejected religion, 30% of the population. And that really startled me because if you know American history, you know that we were, this country was, founded on Judean Judeo-Christian philosophy. And, and the Constitution was there to give everyone a chance to practice whatever religion they wanted. And that was different from Europe, and that's why all the people from Europe came here. And now a third of the population is saying, you know, blank religion. So I decided, uh, because my family for centuries have been Roman Catholics, you know, we're Irish, and, and St. Patrick went over and converted that country, and I decided to tell people. So I wanted to see if you were interested in me just posing a few questions sure. to you yeah, yeah. On, on this Good Friday. Yeah, sure. Okay. Number one, did you know that Jesus was not a carpenter? Y yeah, yes. No, I have right. no idea. Stu had no idea. I, of course, knew that. Well, <laughs> Stu is a pet. Let's yeah. let's be frank. Stu's a pagan, so um, an unwashed. So heathen, I was really. taught in school, and so were most uh, people, that Jesus was a carpenter. Mm. There's one problem with that: there was no wood, no trees in Judea. Everybody lived in stone dwellings. Well, Jesus was a a stone cutter. Okay, um, and his father Joseph uh, did that, and then Jesus did it from about age sixteen to thirty. Um, they were stonecutters. They were very poor. And um, then, because of John the Baptist, a real person, 
Jesus decided to become a preacher. Now, another question. Did you know that being the Messiah back then in Judea was a job, an industry? Did you know that? I didn't know it was a job, but I knew it was very popular to yes. claim you were the Messiah. And there it were a like, lot of people up in the hills that were saying that. But it was they a, were down in the deserts and, and all yeah. And it was, there were about 300 Messiahs. Yeah. And they were running around because they got paid. Because people would give them food and clothing and shelter, and they go from town to town, and right. I'm the Messiah. Well, and, they were looking. How you doing? They were looking for a warrior. They were looking for somebody who well, was going to put because together they an were army. Oppressed. Right, right. They, they were oppressed, and they were looking for a savior. Right. So he was running around, but none of these guys got any traction except for John the Baptist. All right, and he didn't really overwhelm it, but he had a base of people who believed that he was the Messiah, even though he kept telling them, I'm not. And then they arrested um, the Baptist, okay, because he said that Herod marrying his brother's wife was wrong. <laughs> and then Herod said, well, we're going to get this guy out of the out of the box, okay? And they took him to jail. Oh, that's history. Uh, hang on just oh. a second. Uh, another thing, and I can, I can prove this to you, uh, if John the Baptist were alive today, he would have voted for Biden and read the New York Times. Okay. Uh, okay. Re um, reason. Reason. Uh, yes. He ate bugs. He and ate locusts. And yeah. that's well, what they're pushing wait, us wait. into. Yeah. With honey, though. Come on. Mm. It wasn't just straight locusts. Mm, well, he was. They dumped a, dumped a little honey on it. Redistributing now, the, the reason, honey from the bees. The reason that I was able to accumulate all of this information was, be, and, and this really, really rankles um, the atheists, was because there were two written threads of what Jesus was doing. Mm -hmm. And, they were, and they, were wrote, they were written by spies. The first thread was the Sanhedrin, the Jewish temple authorities. Once people started to follow Jesus... Word got back that this guy was different than the other 300. He was attracting large crowds, okay? And the thing was that you couldn't hear Jesus, Beck. You couldn't hear him. There was no radio. There was no microphone. There wasn't Whoa, anything. I didn't know that. You couldn't. You could see him. Because when he preached, he it's usually television. preached in a place that was elevated, like a mountain or a hill, uh -huh. or on the Sea of Galilee in a boat. Right. You could see him, but you couldn't hear him. Uh -huh. So then the logical question becomes, why would thousands, at the end of his uh, life, would thousands of people who had to work to eat, so you, it wasn't like they had discretionary leisure time, all right? These people, if they wanted meals, they had to work from sunup to sundown. They left their job place to follow this guy around when they couldn't hear him. So the only rational explanation for that is what? He had a personal amp amplification system. <laughs> He, okay. He had an award the like on a fanny pack. Logical, and write this down, Stu. Right. <laughs> the only logical explanation, and we are logical people here, is the works. 
W-O-R-K-S, in, in quotes. Now, we do not have the miracles in Killing Jesus. It is not a religious book. It is a history. But the spies from the Sanhedrin reported back that Jesus was curing people. That it, was reportage. Where do you and it find was written down? Where do you find those writings? I know you can find Jesus we, in in uh, Josephus in his writings. One of the that first. is where we found it. Okay. Okay. The Israeli government granted me and Martin Dugard, my co-author, access. We went to Israel. Dugard did. All right. He saw the records that Josephus basically reported on. And uh, that's how we got it. But there was another thread. Once these crowds got big, the Romans sent spies as well. Okay? And everywhere Jesus went, there were two sets of spies, the Jewish spies and the Roman spies. They didn't know each other, by the way. They just blended in. Because Pilate, the governor of Judea, was worried there was going to be an insurrection. And so there were Roman records as well. And those records again cited the big crowds were excited by the works. Okay, now, the spies didn't believe the works. They didn't say, oh, I saw Lazarus get risen from the dead or a leper cured or a blind man could see. They did not say that. They said, this is what... The people are saying, this is what they're coming to see. Okay, again, you go back. Now, it would be impossible for a stone cutter from an, uh, a small town, Nazareth, that had nothing. It was very it was a joke. It was a joke of a town. Right. Yeah. To become the most famous person who has ever lived. 31% of the planet's population are Christian. 2.4 billion people today follow Jesus, believe he's God. That is impossible in rational thought if there wasn't something else going on. He would have, as all the others did, disappeared from history after he was executed. Now, I could go on and on, but the point that I made on the No Spin News last night on BillOReilly.com, and anybody can see it, by the way, you just go in and you can see my whole 15-minute uh, monologue on this, is that this isn't some, uh, a belief in Jesus, it's not some mystical thing that plucks out of the air as the atheist would have you believe. Now, I know there are people of other faiths who don't believe Jesus is God, and that's fine. Islam is the second most prevalent religion on the planet. All right? But if you are really a person seeking the truth, which, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe 40% of us do that. I, I don't know. If you are really want to know the truth, you've got to ask these questions. You've got to say, this is a guy who had nothing, nothing. And he goes around and he attracts people. And on Palm Sunday, that sealed his doom. Right. When he walked into Jerusalem, again, historic fact, he was there. It was written down by the scribes in the temple. There were thousands of people 
all right, praising him. Right. And once the temple authorities and Pilate saw that, they said he's got to go for different reasons. Pilate did not want an insurrection. All right, he feared that because his job was to send money back to Augustus Caesar. And if he didn't send the money, and Pilate got it at the end, by the way. All right. And the Sanhedrin was just petrified that this guy was going to take their job. So they had to get rid of him. And that's what happened. All right. Thank you. Um, uh, thank you for that. Uh, I don't know if you have you watched The Chosen yet, Bill? I have not seen that. No. It is. It is the best Jesus uh, movie story I've ever seen. It is tremendous. Just truly tremendous. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it looks at, uh, at all of those things and, you know, people, you're exactly right. People think that Jesus is like maybe some made up guy cause they haven't done yeah. their homework. Um, even, yeah. even Islam believes in Jesus and believes he was a, a prophet. A prophet uh, well, who here, will... here's the thing. And this is important. The media in America, which is the carrier of information and always has been. Yeah. Okay, they don't like organized religion. Yeah. So you will you'll you'll hear it on your programs and on my programs because we're people who believe we're believers. But you know this because you've been in the media, what, 85 years now? (laughs) An amazing run for you. (laughs) Everybody knew when I worked at ABC and CBS and then later Fox News that I went to church. They always knew that I went to mass. All right. Now I wasn't running around going, Oh, I'm a holy guy. I'm the biggest sinner around. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they knew that, that I had this fundamental belief and they, that was like weird. I was like strange. Oh, and I mean, and people would come up to me because wait, wait a minute, how can you possibly believe this? And I look at them and I go, um, if you really want to know the truth, you start to analyze the historical yes. fact, it doesn't lead you to any other conclusion. Yeah. Even I think now you, you look at the scientific facts and there's just, I mean, you know, we, we, we don't even know how the body works yet. We don't know how the brain works uh, with all of our high tech. And we just think this just evolved without some design. It, it, uh, to me, it's crazy. So, Bill, I got a couple of things I just want to run through with you uh, sure. just to get your take on it. First of all, um, Biden is now talking about, you know, ethanol and, you know, upping ethanol, which will send corn prices through the roof. Um, and affect us in, in all kinds of things. Um, are people, I mean, I just saw a poll. People are starting to believe this is Putin's fault. No, I doubt it. Uh, I think that uh, Biden uh, derided himself and his administration by having the Putin price rise. Um, and the proof of that is the two polls that came out this week. After that was said, Quinnipiac and CNBC both have them down below 35% approval rating, which I've never seen before. And I think people know that this is totally unbelievable. If you think that Putin caused inflation in this country, and I know it's Good Friday, I'm trying to be charitable today, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Okay, you are a jester. A jester. You should wear a two-toned hat. And go in and do somersaults, okay? Because that's so 
insane yet. Jen Psaki, I'll throw the Putin bread rise. Oh, no. yes. And then blaming it on uh, Governor Abbott also because he's checking trucks at the border and he's slowing things down. I wouldn't do that, by the way. I think, Abbott, that's going to hurt uh, you and everybody else in Texas, because that is going to raise immediately uh, the cost of fruits and vegetables coming in. Now, I know why he's doing it. He's yeah. trying to embarrass the Biden administration because there's a record amount of drugs, narcotics coming across the border. And obviously, Biden wants, for some insane reason, unfettered foreign national yeah. access to this country. Yeah, well... It is uh, it is actually better for us here. The fentanyl uh, problem in Texas is just outrageous. I have two minutes. I want to hit a couple of other things. Your thoughts on China and Shanghai, the lockdown. <sighs> well, I think people have to understand that in these governments, whether it's Russia, whether it's China, Cuba, North Korea, that life is doesn't matter. So if you have COVID and you live in Shanghai, 24 million people in that area, uh, you're going to go to a concentration camp. It's unbelievable. That's where you're going. Okay, so if you don't get it now, and here's, uh, here's another factoid your audience will like. I don't know if you will, but your audience will. Uh, who makes $5 billion a year from Shanghai? <clears throat> Uh, Disney, Disneyland, Shanghai. Hello. Well, Disney. you know it's a, it's it's so apparent because you go on and you see the videos that have been you know made it past all of the Great Walls of China, and you see what's happening in Shanghai, and then you realize no national news source is putting this out. No, no ABC, NBC, CBS, none of them are because no, they've no. all been bought and paid for by China. And here's the real scandal. Minnie Mouse got COVID. She's in a concentration camp. Is she really? Yeah, Minnie's yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a hook. Fantastic. Is that not a hook? That, that is. not do something yes. there? One more thing. Um, yeah. Ukraine. Now yeah. the CIA director, CIA director is saying uh, nuclear weapons are probably being considered by Putin. Are we, are we, is, is this, I mean, are we going to war, Bill? Uh, no. Okay. Not at this point. Good. It depends how insane Putin is. And really, nobody knows that at this point. So you can't totally discount it. Mm -hmm. But what, what good does it do for the CIA chief to say that? I don't know. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, uh, his new book is coming out on May 3rd. It is Killing the Killers, the Secret War Against Terrorists. It's coming out from Bill O'Reilly. Bill, have a great and holy week and weekend. You too, guys. God bless. Bye. I am surrounded by a new family of people who have their life back because of Relief Factor. Uh, I'm one of them. I was uh, uh, in pain and got to the point to where I just I couldn't do it anymore. I, <laughs> did anybody else feel like, you know, I just, I can't get up another day? Mm -hmm. um, we have our life back because of Relief Factor. It's not a television commercial. It's, uh, it's a group of real people with real results that had real pain. Try it yourself, Relief Factor. This guy when he started, completely bald. Look at him now. <laughs> Doesn't do anything for your hair. <laughs> but, it, but it will help you get out of pain. Give it a shot, try the three week quick start. Doesn't work, move on. But we're here to tell you, it works. ReliefFactor.com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program.
tell you, the left is exposing themselves unlike I would ever have thought possible. Their arrogance is out of control. We have Michael Malice joining us now. Uh, hi, Michael. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Uh, I want to talk to you about e- what's happening to Elon Musk. So he goes out, he buys just under 10% of Twitter. Uh, he starts talking about, hey, you know, we can we can free people up. Let's stop censoring people. The media goes crazy about some billionaire that just wants to change the world. Hello, George Soros. Uh, just wants to what, ch- go what ahead. About Jeff Bezos. What about Jeff Bezos? Or, or Jeff Bezos, yeah. Um, and he's a danger to free speech. That's what they're actually saying. He's a danger to free speech. So yesterday we find out, this is from Charles Gasparino, as Elon Musk offers to buy the rest of Twitter, a legal source tells Fox Business that the SEC and the Justice Department have now launched what is described as a joint investigation into a myriad of Musk regulatory issues, primarily involving Tesla. He is also... Um, uh, now not the largest shareholder because yesterday Vanguard, which is the second in line uh, for the top of the heap for the Great Reset, Vanguard came in and bought up a ton of shares. I mean, what is happening? Oh, and one other thing, uh, the the people in t- in uh, Twitter have decided to sue him uh, for violations of. Uh, you know, not really not revealing fast enough that he was buying these shares. They are I mean, terrified. They should be terrified. You know, I've said several times that Trump, they thought that Trump was the river, but he was the dam. What you're seeing is without President Trump in the White House, the consequences of the benefits of President Trump, which is an understanding of the enemy class and mm-hmm. an acknowledgement that people have to go on offense. And sometimes just going on offense simply means disrespect and invading spaces that they have regarded and decreed as sacred. This started back, uh, I can give you an example, um, when Jack Posobiec and Laura Loomer invaded the stage in New York, people don't even remember this anymore, I think it was Citibank, was sponsoring a Julius Caesar play in Central Park, New York City Central Park, where every night President Trump was ritualistically murdered on stage. Right. And when Posobiec and Laura Loomer uh, crashed the stage in front of the audience, this was regarded as heresy and like, how could you do this? How could you interfere with our play where we're murdering the president in Central Park? You people are monsters. So it's really a wonderful thing when spaces that they said this is our house we got rid of president trump from here we got rid of this person that person we silenced the babylon b uh you know now they're not feeling safe in their space they're in retreat and they don't know what to do themselves because for a century the republican party has played defense this and elon musk is no republican for the first time people are playing offense and they're losing their minds because losing that's minds. not the how the game is supposed correct. to go correct so what is what, what do you think uh, how does this end for elon musk and for twitter i mean basically their their idea the slogan of the great reset set should be 
if I can't have you, no one will. Right. Um, and and that's what they're trying to teach Elon. You are not stepping out of that box. We we have the financial resources to cripple you. And if that doesn't work uh, and shame in the public square doesn't work, well, then we have the government as well. Yeah, I, I've, I've, all, I've said several times, and I'm sure you agree, Glenn, it's often or almost always preferable when authoritarian regimes have to show their hand. Yes. It's much more expensive for them in every way, uh, especially because moderates who you know don't really have a stake in the game and don't care one way or another, people just apathetic when they see the heavy hand of government uh, going down and, and they see things like this happening, it's going to alienate them be like, wait a minute, these are not nice people. These are nasty, aggressive people. We, people we also saw it a couple of months ago when overnight Joe Rogan went from a nasty purveyor of misinformation to a racist. It was an overnight thing. Yeah. And they tried to destroy him that way and it didn't work. And everyone forgot that it didn't work. Uh, they tried to get rid of Joe and they had nothing to show for it. So Elon Musk is a very, very bright man. He's a tight cookie. Uh, tough cookie, excuse me. Uh, I'm sure he's had to deal with regulatory nonsense before. I'm sure a lot of people in Washington also quietly have his back. So this is going to be very interesting to see how it unfolds. And Elon's not alone. There's lots of people in his circles or maybe you know two or three degrees removed, people like Peter Thiel, yeah. who know the nature of the game, people in for San, former San Francisco, people who are now in Austin, who are realizing this is what we're up against and this is how we're going to play. And I, I got to tell you, if you're the guy who thinks he's, you're going to put people on Mars, when you play, you play to win. You're not some dilettante. Uh, all right. Let me let me switch topics. Let me go to your neighborhood in New York where you used to live and uh, what happened in your former neighborhood. Yeah, it's it's been a rough couple of months to get personal, Glenn, because first of all, the city where I was born, Lvov in Ukraine, was being hit by missiles. Then the apartment where I lived in New York for 16 years, I was half a block away from that train station, uh, got shot up. And then the next train stop just yesterday or two days ago, or rather, a kid was shot in the street. Uh, I've made this point, you know, it was a very hard for me to leave New York. I've lived there all my life. I still don't know how to drive. I moved to Austin over the past summer, as many of your listeners know. Um, I don't think people realize just how bad these cities are going to get. And if anyone, because there's no mechanism of turning them around. So if anyone out there, and it's what else is interesting is once you leave these places, you know, I moved to the nation of Texas, looking at this footage, it feels like I'm looking at another country because that was not the New York I knew. Like obviously 9 oh, yeah. 11 happened, things like that. But in the sense of, you know, just, just, just this carnage and knowing no one to do. And I point out the police were pretty much helpless to even catch him. It had to be some random kid on the street. And also he turned himself in. And the, the other thing that's disturbing, which I, I wonder if you've touched on elsewhere, is every outlet at first mentioned his race, and then they edited it to remove it, including the New York Post, which is largely right of center. I, I have no understanding of why this is. Wait, 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 they edited after it ran? Yes, yes. I thought I was hallucinating, and someone saw, showed me the cached footage. The New York Post originally had the identification, which everyone else had, 5'5", five, five, black male, 170 pounds, and then they changed it to 5'5", five, five, male. I have the clips. That is insane. insane. Yes. Yeah, this is a manhunt for someone who shot up a subway station, and thankfully no one got killed. Yeah, the, the New York Times, one of the stories I read, did not identify him as African-American, but just identified his writings and videos from the web as bigoted against blacks. 
That was it. Yeah. It was just bigoted against blacks and especially black women. So no, no mention of all the you know black nationalist supremacist type of stuff he had all over the place. None of that. And then didn't even identify him as black. So, I mean, if you're reading that, you're thinking for sure this is some white supremacist who's just bigoted against black people. They never they they just intentionally I kept that you, out. Do you remember um, when uh, Riaz Patel came uh, by and the first time mm. when we started to get to know him, he was a guy who was on the left. He was from Hollywood and we sat down with him uh, and because he was trying to understand what was going on. And he re- he started to. The world started to crack open for him because he was like, wait a minute, the, wait, what happened? And we sat down and I just put a chalkboard together and I said, do you know this story? No, that didn't happen. Yes, it did. Here's here's the story. This, this, this. We gave him like 20 different yeah. stories. He had never heard of them. I mean, you are just in the dark. If you're if you read The New York Times and watch CNN, you are the least informed human alive. But it's also disturbing to me how this has become pervasive across media. And in fact, there's several news outlets, I think, including the Associated Press, where the explicit policy is we are not going to report on the race of a suspect if it's going to have people reach racist conclusions. And my concern is this is a manhunt. So I, I, if people reach racist conclusions, that's one thing. But we need to find this person who was on the loose, who had bombs at the time. And you know what? They, the FBI had this guy. They interviewed him 19 different times. Uh, but, you know, they were too busy. I, 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 I don't know, going woke and looking for white uh, extremists. You know, what do you say? We just look for extremists let, let, let's look for people that are threatening to kill people online uh threatening to kill people in their neighborhoods let's look for those people i don't give a flying crap what their race is you know youtube all of his videos were up all of them can you imagine michael if you would have said anything like that you would have been gone immediately and erased from public record well, I'm an anarchist, so I've said some pretty bad things. But in, in, all, in all seriousness, how about uh, we just enforce the Second Amendment? Because if there was several honest citizens on that subway station who were, were packing heat, uh, things would have ended up very, very differently. That subway station, obviously, I'm very familiar with it. I've taken it every day for 15 years. There's only one exit, and it's a major hub. There's four train lines that go through there. So this could have been much, much worse, even from the smoke alone. I will tell you, it is phenomenal it is a miracle that this guy goes in and shoots what 35 times and no one is killed i mean michael you've been on that subway i've been there yeah i mean that's i mean that's almost impossible to do well, and just you with the smoke inhalation, I mean, he had several bombs and you know, the gum jam, jam and so on and so forth. Yeah, it, it's a very, very lucky thing. And we're very fortunate. And it's also we're very fortunate that he didn't leave the subway and just start shooting somewhere else. I mean, there's the number of stations out there is, is just dozens. So this is also very disturbing in terms of other types of terrorism, uh, because this he showed very clearly how easy it would be to do something like this. And uh, God help us if someone else gets the same idea. Thank you so much. Uh, do you celebrate Passover? Are you religious uh, at all or believe I, in God? I, 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 I do, I'm not religious at all. I'm not an atheist, though. Okay. Are you an agnostic or? No, I'm not a coward. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. God bless you, man. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Have Bye-bye. a great weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs>
the best of the Glenn Beck program. So, Stu, uh, yesterday, a judge in Washington, D.C. decided to release Ali and Teherazetta. Is that his name? Teherazetta. The two guys that were posing as DHS. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're DHS Uh, agents. They were living in an apartment where other secret like secret Secret service Service. agents lived Uh, like like uh, Jill Biden's secret service. Okay. And they would be befriended them. Yes. They gave them all sorts of gifts that would be strange to accept, I think, as a yes. Secret Service yes. agent. And, you know, they had all kinds of communication equipment. They had um, uh, encrypted hard drives. Mm-hmm. They had hard drive copiers. They had the manuals, the government manuals for Secret Service. Uh, they had the government manuals for the Department of Homeland Security. They had mm-hmm. uh, bulletproof vests. They had different markings that you put on that for different, you know, for FBI, DHS, Secret Service. Yeah, and all of this adds up to understandable suspicion until you understand that they said they just wanted to make friends. Right. And that explains the drone, the high, the high end drone right. that they had as well. Do you think drones are cool? I do. Uh, I do. And if I someone has a drone, I want to make friends amen. with them. Amen. You know. And you know, just because, just because their passports have the stamp of the uh, one city, the airport in Iran, where uh, the um, uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps has its. Um, <laughs> command post to train people to go into foreign countries and assassinate people just because their passport had that stamp on it several times does not mean that that's who they are it's a beautiful area glenn i don't know if you've ever oh, visited uh, it's oh beautiful. no i've got a i've got a vacation house there do you really yeah overlooking the Kuds force yeah. uh that's <laughs> yeah, really nice. training area. i know what hill you're talking about yeah, it's beautiful. Right? yeah it's really yeah nice. it was hard to get a place there but yeah. i've got a you know i've got a, one of those four seasons timeshares oh that are there. wow so if you ever need to use it you oh, know I you're going there just to, to say family hey, would love it yeah al Kuds, yeah. you're great mm-hmm. love you guys yeah you can do that um so it's open a lot. Really? Not a lot? Yeah. Of, it's not utilized? No, not. Uh, hmm. I never have a hard time getting my timeshare uh, there. Oh, never, well, that's good. Because yeah, sometimes they can get booked up quickly. And if you don't, if yeah. you don't book in advance, but no problems yeah. there. So anyway, uh, the judge said, you can't, you can't prove any kind of foreign connection to these guys. Yeah, you got that on the passport. What? So what? What does that mean? You know, timeshares. Really, this is what happened. The um, uh, the defense attorneys argued the government was making a mountain out of a molehill. Uh, now, I just don't think of, I just don't think that. Uh, but they're out, uh, and uh, I'm sure they're not going to get on the plane and go right back to uh, to Iran. I'm sure that's not going to happen. Um, but uh, by the way, uh, Iran, of course, uh, has has warned us that because Donald Trump killed uh, Qasem Soleimani uh, and nine other people that quote, killing the president of the United States is not enough. So, but I wouldn't worry about these two guys. Again, they seem friendly. So they do. Everything should be fine. We don't seem to be taking this all that seriously. I feel like we should. You think, <laughs> you think, 
that if I don't you, know, you feel yeah, I, this as is, if we okay, should. I'm willing to go out on a limb on okay, this. Okay, I'll feel, hear you out. Okay, but, thank you. Okay, you know what? That's all, all right, I ask. Yeah. Uh, if you happen to be the president of the United States, uh huh, and your wife has Secret Service, uh-huh. and those people have been infiltrated by two Iranians, uh huh, with all sorts of crazy military style equipment and a, a passport stamp. At an airport frequented <laughs> by the Iranian uh, Al Quds Al Quds forces, yeah, uh-huh. I believe <laughs> that is something that you should well consider mm-hmm. taking seriously. This is kind of the nonsense that you would hear if Elon Musk took over Twitter. <laughs> Maybe okay, you'd hear that kind of stuff from crazy people. Uh, California, the uh, legislation uh, that they're working on now uh, will create a four-day work week for large employers so you'll get paid the same amount of money but you'll only work 32 hours instead of 40 and that will apply to uh, any corporation with more than 500 employees so that's good that's good that's good uh and by the way uh also just so you know any work above 12 hours in a day must be compensated at twice your pay rate now, technically, I believe there's an attorney that could make the case that I work for Premier Radio Networks, which is iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. and I need to do four shows in one day. Really? And I get twice the rate. All right. There you go. We're all going for milkshakes. This is going to work out well. This is going to. No, it's. Yeah. You know, companies are going to love this. Mm -hmm. This makes it so easy for companies to stay afloat. You know, well, that's why we need programs Mm -hmm. to cover the people when they lose their jobs. Right. You know, when they need to stay home and they no longer can be functional members of society. This is uh, there's a there's a little. uh, uh, almost a a wave of dependence that the government brings uh, to those involved in it. And uh, it seems to be the thing that they encourage almost all the time. You know, it would be nice if we were a, a country that was built on self-reliance instead of reliance oh on the government. This is not Elon Musk Twitter. No, this okay, is this not, is not okay. the place. These words are not allowed here. They're not allowed mm-hmm. here. Uh, you know, what is allowed is the truth. Cut to, please. Here's Joe Biden yesterday. Putin's invasion of Ukraine has driven up gas prices and food prices all over the world. Ukraine and Russia, the one and two largest wheat producers in the world, were number three. They're shut down. We saw that in yesterday's inflation data. What people don't know is that 70% of the increase in inflation was a consequence of Putin's price hike because of the impact on oil prices. 70%. Mm. We need we need to address these high prices and urgently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Uh, has anybody noticed how um, how much of an old get off my lawn man he is now? Have you noticed that he seems to be angry a lot of the times? And this is actually coming from pe- some people in the White House saying that he is he gets a little out of control with his anger uh, once in a while. Um, but he is he'll turn on a dime. He looked angry. I was just watching this clip. He looked angry. But I don't know if you saw that clip earlier this week. I don't know, Stephen, if you have the uh, the clip, the one where he was. 
Oh, I can't remember what he said. I think it was about Putin, maybe. But he, he all of a sudden, he was like, no, no joke. Yeah. And he started yelling at the audience. You're like, oh, dude, man, you are really get the metal detector. It's time for you to walk on the beach. This is super common with people going through what it appears Joe Biden is going through. Right. When you start to kind of lose your marbles marbles is is what uh-huh. <laughs> that's the well, that's a scientific term i didn't want to get too yeah. you know too too deep into the science there. control of your bowels when you lose uh, when you lose those things yes those things the 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 normal interactions you have with people start to get really frustrating yeah you know and when you you can't you feel like people are mocking you you feel like people are laughing at you yeah. you feel like uh, you can't just pull up that piece of information you know is sitting there in your brain right. somewhere uh, that ha- this happens to older people all the time when they go through this and they get frustrated and angry mm. and they and they lash out. Can I tell you something? This is, I did, you know, I, don't, uh, I had to get hearing aids this year or this week, this last week. So I went and got hearing aids mm. and, uh, and, and and the doctor said, so what, what are the what, what's your biggest frustration? And I said, my wife, my wife. Is, yeah. Was that, I said, take my no. wife, please. I said, my wife is the biggest frustration because I cannot hear. I've lost my upper uh, range of uh, frequency. This sounds a little selective by it you. It does, <laughs> you just, it? I can hear everybody but my wife. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> so I said, I, I can't hear. And I'm constantly saying, wait, say that again. What? And, you know. Oh, she must love that. Oh, she oh, does. Oh, yeah. And then finally, she's like. You know, she'll be like, you're not wearing pants, <laughs> you know, and I'll be like, you don't have to yell at me. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she said, this is the biggest problem when you start to lose your hearing is you get really frustrated. Everybody else gets frustrated. Uh, and it's just this weird misunderstanding kind of thing. You're both feeling it mm-hmm. in a different way. And uh, she said, uh uh, so she was she was doing some things and I started to feel like because word retrieval has become a little weird for me. And I'm like, I mean, I've never been good with words. Words ain't my friend. <laughs> uh, but uh, word retrieval has become a little difficult. And this is like really early if I'm having problems with word retrieval. And so I went in and I did his test and um uh, you do this, you do this test where you're following things on a screen and, and it has nothing, it seemingly has nothing to do with hearing. And I'm like, okay, that was a fun test. I'm here for my ears. What? I said, I'm here for my ears. You're not wearing pants. <laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> she comes in and she said, um, you're, what was it? Your cognitive or uh, yeah, your cognitive is slowing down. And I said, right. Okay. I didn't think I would hear that from the ear specialist, but yes. Right. What's happening. And she said, that's normal. She said, you don't hear with your ears. You hear with your brain. So your, your ears pick up sound and that sound wave has been connected to a word and a meaning. Mm-hmm. And so the sound comes in and your wor- and your brain usually doesn't, if it can hear clearly, doesn't have to work very hard to put the word in place. Okay. But if you can't hear it, it then has to go through all of the words that that might sound like 
and then put it into the sentence. More processing time, essentially. Right. So yeah. you're overloading because, you know, there'd be sentences where I'm like, the chicken is wearing <laughs> shoes. What did you just say? Uh, and and you, that's what I'll really hear. OK. And so uh, it, it slows things. It slows things down. And it's weird and frustrating. And, uh, you know. I'm not 90 or 80 where he's going to be 80. This guy, you look at him now, he's not there. We just did this special on Wednesday. And, you know, there, it's just he's checked out. He's checked out. Look at him five years ago giving a speech. You could see it in his eyes. There's nothing there behind the eyes. Rarely is there something there behind the eyes with him. You're like, I don't think he's, hello, is anybody in there? I'm not sure that there is. Yesterday, there was this um, viral video that was going around of him at the end of a speech. Do we happen to have this where he was shaking hands with Niblet? Niblet. Niblet. God bless you. Okay, now look, he turns and he looks like he's shaking hands with Niblet, the uh, invisible Himalayan Sherpa. What the heck? Okay, then he just stands and looks and and walks off. Okay, looks like a what meandering guy. However, heck? if you look at, we checked the camera angles. If you look at all the camera angles, it doesn't look as bad from all angles. Okay. It might have been just that angle. It didn't look like he was so befuddled with other angles. Um, and I think it's important that we 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 dismiss the things that are not, re- for instance, He's always said crazy things. He's always said crazy things. But the things that he says occasionally now are much different than the crazy things he used to say. And much more dangerous. And much more dangerous. Yeah, you know, there is, I think, honestly, I, I'm glad you say, said that about looking at the other camera angles because, look, it's easy for us to find, you can always find stuff that makes Joe Biden look bad. I mean, he does it time after time after time. But I think it really is important for the American people to monitor The line here between where Joe Biden is, which is really bad, in my opinion, and where where appears, unfortunately, Dianne Feinstein is, which is unable to seemingly do her job in any way Uh, that now Democrats are saying that come out to the San Francisco Chronicle and said, hey, we've had meetings with her. She's introducing herself multiple times to us in the conversation. She's not recognizing people who have worked on their staff. There's a joke on Capitol Hill. That um, uh, that there is uh, what was it? It was like uh, there is um, a great senior senator or a junior great senator. junior senator mm-hmm. from California and a great experienced staff from the senior senator's office. Yeah. In uh, other words, she can't she can't function at all. And it, what's amazing is nobody has a problem throwing her under the bus. She's become a liability uh, for the hard, hard left, I think. Um, she's not woke enough uh, for them, and they want somebody else, so they're throwing her under the bus, but they won't say a word about Joe Biden. Mm. And you can't. And of course, it's the opposite. As far as importance goes, the opposite is the way to go. I mean, Joe Biden, well, one senator but being but, out of it is really bad, and I feel bad mainly for her. Yeah. Uh, but like, our country can continue to serve to survive right. that. Having the president out there calling... 
in in an answer on gas prices accusing a country of genocide that has 6000 nuclear weapons right or wrong right. it should not be how it happened but i want to i want to go back to that for a second let me take a quick break and come back cuz the 25th amendment everybody's talking about and we learned something this week on the show on the tv show that is really important to understand na, na, na. 